afternoon, you're listening to Scarrett Bay Community Radio, and this is Local Media This Week, where we sit around and we look at all the papers, we have them all here on the table in front of us, and we give our take on what the papers are talking about today. We're absolutely delighted that this programme is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography, Ruth uh, who's based in people and very well-known photographer in not only East Care, but uh, right around this part of the country. Uh, delighted to welcome our usual panel, uh, John S. Kelly. John, welcome. Thank you, Jim. Delighted to be here. And Pat O'Brien. Pat, good to see you. Thanks, Jim. And David Fleming. David, right again. Thank you, James. Uh, looking at the front pages of the papers today, gentlemen, uh, I suppose the, the uh, looking at the, the clear echo first, um, the story of, the sad story of the unfortunate death of uh, Katrina Lucas back, I think, in 2016. And um, that has reached the stage where it's, it's the subject of a row, I think, uh, East Clare uh, TD. Michael McNamara is um, concerned and uh, he looks and sees this has a, a number of distinctive and disturbing features. And uh, it, it's, he talks about the whiff of a, a cover-up where all the information is not, um, hasn't been brought to the surface. Jim, in simple language, what are we talking about in, in, when we speak of the, um, the Lucas tragedy? Because well, I suppose in this case, we're talking about uh, the coroner. Yeah. And we're talking about maybe the question of, you know, why did she die or how she died. Yeah. And, um, like, part of that, I suppose, would be, even though it's not what the coroner strictly is asking, but if, if we knew all the facts of the case, maybe we would have say why she died and was there somebody or some group responsible or had a had a responsibility for it yeah and you know in those kind of circumstances i suppose well michael is certainly thinks that um, a number of the facts have not come to the surface oh, okay. why can't michael bring out in his communications to the public why doesn't michael actually declare what's missing I suppose, well, legally, he's about doing that, but he could certainly do it in the law. Yeah. Uh, where, he, where, could, he can. Where uh, legal privilege. He has privilege to say whatever he likes in the law. <sighs> the, the Coast Guard, it seems, delayed the investigation. This is Dan Danaher now on the front of the champion. Um, and he's quoting uh, uh, Deputy McNamara as saying, the Coast Guard delayed the investigation by the Health and Safety Authority, arguing the volunteers who were putting their lives on the line were not employees, and therefore they had no jurisdiction to investigate. And um, he is also saying that the inquest was not provided with certain evidence. Yes. And to his mind, he thinks that that is a cover-up. Now, it's a very serious allegation it that is. he is making. Yeah. And... He's made it in the doll. He's asked the Taoiseach. The Taoiseach said in reply that he didn't know the ins and outs of it, even though it says here he was transport minister in 2012, so he should be somewhat familiar with it. And um, 
that he will pass on the request for that or the, the, to answer Deputy yeah. McNamara's allegation to the Transport Minister, Minister Ryan. Mm. Pat, what do you, you think? Is there, is there something fishy going on, do you think? I don't know, she said down from the beginning, she was the text of the case, but she's very sad for the woman to, to, to lose her life. Um, it appears by going on that she was in the water for, and she was still alive for maybe 11 or 12 minutes or something like that, or 15 minutes. Um, she was swept overboard swept by over a freak wave. wave and, then mm. the, and, and the helmet was ripped up on the head. The helmet was on there, I mean, the it was washed, it, it washed up against the box. And yeah. The and, and the, said we shouldn't have gone through the, the, the details of yeah. that was that was reported now in the papers last week. So um, yeah. yeah, that's why I we, suppose we we just have to wait and see, you know, if there is information which hasn't been released, and if that we'll, it's, we're talking about someone that we kind of don't know. Don't know what absolutely. Yeah. Whose responsibility would it be to actually? Um, Achieve what you were talking about. It should be the, it should be the state, really. State, yeah. not the council. I mean, well, the state through the council, maybe. I, I don't know, John, but certainly, well, I think the state certainly the people and, and know, people to leave work and vote. I know what they are doing. It's the state for volunteers. I think yeah. it's not just through the council, though, because if you have, you know, a network of, of rescue around the country, they have to be coordinated. Totally. Yeah. Because yeah. who goes to which restaurant? True. Or, yeah. You know. yeah. I mean, it's probably a bit of a historical anomaly because the RNLI began as a volunteer organisation and it, it's one of these strange organisations that crosses both Britain and Ireland. It's, yeah. it's a two island thing. But like our, like our fire brigade, some of it is professional and some of it isn't. I mean, the, the state has in effect outsourced hmm. this particular thing, as it outsources a lot of a lot of to the voluntary sector. To the voluntary sector. Yeah. But the I think Pat's point is a is a basic is a good point, um, and I would think we should have a, a professional service and therefore an accountable service. Yeah. And if that is the problem that has been raised, that they they can't cooperate because they can't be. They can, they're considered volunteers, that is a problem. Now, I'm not sure if that's entirely accurate because I think the coroner can request anybody to attend. I don't know, and there are a lot of I don't knows yeah. in the question. We'll so we keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We have to say that in the poem when it's not like it is indeed. Pat, you drew my attention there before we came on air to a photograph on page one of the, the play record. Yeah, many about towns uh, hidden here on the on the paper on the on the echo. Um, it's a photograph there on the Inner Street Fashion Show, uh, which was on, I suppose, last weekend. To the, it's an old initiative. I never see a, a fashion show um, out in the town, but the Inner Trailers had a fashion show last weekend uh, out in the Main Street and Ocala Street. And you heard um, um, it shows models and Jenny's, his Eva Donovan, and on the other one, wearing trousers. And had to share the cash walk with DT, DTD delivery man Damien McCormick at the corner of the street, um, uh, turned into an outdoor runaway on, on Saturday last. So he's, 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 
he's marching down the street with his box and the, the two three ladies are marching beside him. Yes. Mm. Well, it's, it's, he's in the right, he's not in the right place at the right time. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I think he's enjoying it. I think mm. he is. He, and, and Patrick Burke, menswear, is getting a free bit of advertising there. Yes. <laughs> he's delivering yeah. a box for Sir Patrick Burke. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go on. Just we stay with the front pages when we go to the Clare Champion. And uh, the headline there, which is a bit sad, um, nowhere to turn for Ennis Homeless. There is little hope of them getting a sober night's sleep because of how dangerous it can be. A good few lads have had beatings for no other reason than they are vulnerable and an easy target. John, that's very sad. It is very, very sad. And the reality is, if somebody is suffering this evening, they're homeless. If they are homeless, there's no place for them. Talk about no place at the inn for the traveller. I mean, I know a little bit about the inn, about this particular question, because my daughter was working in it before she went to Australia. And um, the reality is, lads, there's a messy situation out there in County Clare. We may clap ourselves on the back, do you know, for what we've achieved in different ways in Clare. But we've failed to actually solve or even make an impact on the homeless and the, the, the abused, uh, whether it's domestic or whether it's outside domestic. We can throw in the travelling community, you can put in as well, we haven't solved. Um, you know, I mean, Pat is uh, smiling at that one. Uh, the reality is, though, I mean, we well, have a responsibility. Uh, I, we? I don't have to bring it up, but I don't think you're generally right. I was listening to a, a, a woman on the radio, on, on, on national radio, about the high rate of suicide in, in one of the categories that mm. you mentioned. Mm. Um, a her 12-year-old son committed suicide, and there is a, a particularly high rate of suicide. And suicide on one side in the travellers, but you put in the homeless and their... Because rough sleepers is probably the best term to call this one because there is, there is a particular reason for what you've said, Jim, um, which I think Pat wants to get onto. Um, but that cuts down, if you're sleeping rough, on the in uh, long-term rough sleeper, your health is going to suffer and your, 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 your safety, your safety um, as you said, to them. No, but I think, Pat, you have, yeah, the, you have the background to this story. Jessica Quinn has the story there, and all to turn to find a sitting to Jim, you quoted it there. Bidding closed, belonging to rough sleepers were thrown out like trash when the Innes Market building was closed, leaving them to wander the streets, looking for ways to stay warm. And Innes, someone who has been helping the homeless people in the town, has revealed. Local Baptist Fiona Fox, who has been campaigning for the creation of a mobile shower for Clare's homeless, is calling on the council to develop a drop-in centre where rough sleepers can gather in a safe environment. A spokesman for Clare County Council has stated that the local authority is considering a drop-in centre in Innes and in the future. In the future, however, a venue and, and service provider could, could be needed before it could come to fruition. The also confirmed soiled quilts and clothes were removed from the market area and disposed of last week emerged. 
The international building was being closed due to concerns about over anti-social behaviour, which were forced to drinking and drug abuse taking place there. The fundamental problem is that there is nowhere for rough sleepers to go during the day, Miss Fox said. Now, we spent 1.4 million on the market in Innes, and this building was perfect. Now, it's, it's been locked up now because of, of uh, antisocial behaviour. Why didn't we spend the 1.4 million on a building for, for, for people like rough sleepers and for, and for the other story there? Uh, um, there was also over there about the concert, con, uh, about other people, this, this uh, well, family inside the second page. Domestic violence, which is now full to the brim. Why, why, how come the, the 1.4 million, like the market was fine, the, 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 the traders were in the market and the farmers were in the market for the last hundred years and they were getting on fine. And they built up this new building, the farmers market moved out to Ross and they got, I suppose I don't know if they get free um, accommodation in the Barcelona care but there's a fine market there every Friday and they're very decent there. So they sit there. So, yeah, there's a, there was a, like, uh, this, this money, I can see your point, Pat. This money, this money sh sh could, could have been spent on, on, on those yeah. people. Yeah. I think, though, you know, is, I'd ask, is there a political will to deal with rough sleepers? I mean, it's one thing to, you know, to, to Constructive building, let's say, mm. where rough sleepers could go. I mean, I myself think nobody should be allowed sleep rough no. on the streets in any town mm. or county or city. Mm. But what you, to create a building, yeah. What would you do to solve the problem you have then? Okay, I mean, what Pat was talking about there is a building where rough sleepers could go. Now, you have to construct that building, but you also have to look after staff it, you know, yeah. to staff it. You have to have proper security. Mm -hmm. You have to have a whole range of things, which is not cheap. No. Um, but I do think that we should not allow any rough sleepers in any of our towns and cities. Do you want to know why there, uh, there are rough sleepers out there in A, B, and C? Yeah, there are a load of reasons yeah. why there are, I mean, people with drug issues, people who just got into bad fortune yeah. and things didn't work out for them. And well, I mean, well, we had the very notable case there in Dunbeg, didn't, isn't that man rough sleeping under a bridge? Mm -hmm. There are multiple reasons. Now, before we start building buildings, there are, of course, uh, as the council have said, uh, already existing facilities and we should acknowledge as it is acknowledged in the papers that Midwest Simon uh, provide meals and sanitary facilities to a number of rough sleepers in Ennis. What we don't know are the number of rough sleepers in Ennis and because it does cost a lot of money to provide a new facility either to renovate an existing building or to even build a facility you'd want to know is it going to be there constantly? Like maybe there are always rough sleepers, but it could be just a handful of them. But are we now talking that it's at such a level that we do need those facilities, and that Midwest Simon and the other organisations can't handle it? And I'm, 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 I'm thinking, you see, there's a, in a number of places on the uh, newspapers this week the term coercive control. Is used. It's, it's 
fairly new into the into the language. Now, in the case of a person who is suffering at the hands of an abusive husband or an abusive wife or partner, excuse me, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, what are you going to do to actually uh, help her? She wants to get out this evening. There's no place for her to go, for God's sake. Now, that's it. Are we moving on to the... Well, you see, they're interrelated. That, that's the... Well, how, how would you see they're related, though? Well, of course, the control. The control is the essential word. Control. Control can be an expression of, of physical control. Yeah. Or it can be uh, subtle. It can be psychological. Uh, there's a lovely example to, uh, to that control factor. The wife or the, goes, she can use the car all right, okay? Mm -hmm. But um, the husband takes the actual mileage and then checks it later in the evening. Mm -hmm. Now, the car happens to be a Jaguar. Mm -hmm. I know of the case in question. And it is a classic example of control. He, he controls the actual cash. That's a common enough one. Uh, it may lead to physical, okay? So will, will you consider that there is a connection between the two sides? The, the well, I mean, there may be, John. I, I just, before we talk about the coercive control, I think there is, to see somebody lying in a doorway in Ennis, there's probably, a whole host of reasons and a long time process involved in bringing that man to that position yeah. where he's sleeping in a doorway you know but in fairness to him i think it should be not allowed that the an onus should be on be it the county council or whoever to make sure that that man has a safe secure bed would you think, uh, Jim, that their, their closing of the market was actually a retrograde step then? That, that it, they, now, some rough sleepers are drug addicts. Hmm. Other rough sleepers are not, and they're, they're trying to mind their own business and upstanding citizens. But, uh, like, the council are in a tough spot, aren't they? They are, and it's not cheap. And, I mean, I wouldn't pretend that it is. But we... I'll go back to the beginning. We, we, the, the council decided decided to spend 1.4 million in the market in Innes. They built this um, yeah. white elephant. But they didn't know it was a white elephant at the time. Well, it's a white elephant now. It is. And but you know, it's great in hindsight. They have all these big white, they have all these big white, 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 white footpaths. You can't even pick you can't even pick a They're throwing, throwing rough sleepers out, literally yeah. into the streets. Uh, is not the answer, right? Yeah. Well, but then you'd get the businesses and you'd get people complaining, look at all that drug taking and, and we're intimidated and, the anti and I can't park my car. But this money, this, this 1.4 million that was spent there, that one would do not have in, in, in the sure proper facility. Okay, in Limerick they probably spent the same on a covered market and it's a wild success. I don't know what happened in the case of the NS. It didn't, it wasn't a wild success, it's a failure. But we have to live with that now. Usually it means there wasn't enough concentration before that. Probably. Maybe. The absence of professional support is crucial. Yeah. All the buildings in the world won't make a, 
an impression unless there is that the people concerned are buy into it. Yeah. Buy into it and that the the professional service is available. There are psychological yeah. questions. Back up, shall we? Back up. Okay, can we move to, slightly to John's coercive control? And I suppose one of the things about that, I know we've had uh, Siobhan O'Connor of, of Clare uh, Haven in Ennis on a number of times over the last few years. And I suppose that by its very nature, and, and you described one scenario there, John, with the, with the big car outside the door and the husband in control of the finances. Um, by its very nature, you wouldn't know driving past that there is that situation in the house. Absolutely. You know, and it's, it's done in secret, and it's, it, it begs not to be exposed because whoever is doing the coercion um, yeah. Does not want it exposed. Yeah. Do you know? So it's yeah. it's a huge so problem. Do you come into the, may come into the question then? Well, uh, if if the, 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 there is a story here by Jessica Quinn, Claire Gardie now trained to recognise coercive control. So so David, there are obviously tells and signs. David, David, David there's an interesting uh, addition to that. Is there a module on, uh, in the training college for young recruits going into the Gardie? Is there a model? The answer is, as far as I know, no. Likely, I suppose, but at least there is an opportunity. There has, and it has been taken up because it says here that as part of the 16 days of activism against gender-based violence, members of Angardashikana from the Clare Tipperary Division recently received domestic abuse awareness training in risk assessment and coercive control cases at the Ennis campus of the Technological University of the Shannon. So it's probably upskilling because, of course, this might, there was all sorts of abuse, of course, in the past, but this is, a, as you say, Jim and John, it's a particular subtle and in hardly visible type. Mm. So an older, older trained Garda mightn't have the... So this is, this is good. And I would say the extra training about it. From a Garda's point of view, I mean, if a Garda got involved or at least was on the scene a bit it, it might halt the coercive person in their tracks but like usually there isn't evidence of coercion um, when there isn't violence yeah increasingly however you will find that from what i can pick up you'll find that uh, women are seizing the chance to remove themselves out of the physical danger they and, are, and they go are. to the local uh, refuge centre, but they're full here in Clare. They are. That's the other related story in the, to- uh, in yeah. the midsection of page two. Domestic violence refuges are now full to the brim, um, and that's not an o- that's not a new story because the, that's been the government and others have been mm. aware of that for a very long time. And by all accounts, during lockdown, it, it, the the problem it, it rose rules. because. Yeah partners were in the home for much more than they would be normally. Interestingly, this week a new, le- a new legislation came into force which allows anybody employed in, in employment to receive leave, paid leave, from their employer if they, have, if they are being abused in the home. They can, leave, they can withdraw themselves legitimately from work and be paid for it, I think for 10 days. Um, and the, it's no questions asked. Of course, it's, it can be tough, it can be embarrassing, it can be difficult, 
but uh, that's one thing the government has done. But I, I heard the minister, and I think it's the justice minister, um, who has been in the news recently, that she was going to provide enough spaces, and it appears not. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's a multidisciplinary um, approach that needs to, to be done. I mean, I remember, and maybe it's still there, the, the total health pharmacies in County Clare came together to provide a safe space in the pharmacy that a person could go into Harry Amaris and Scarif, let's say, that's total health, and could say, I want to ring somebody. Yeah. Or I want to call Clare yeah. Haven and yes. they are given a room and a phone and a number and whatever to do that. Yeah. And you know. let's say there might be listeners out there who are themselves subject to coercive control or abuse or whatever, or there might be people out there who may know of people. Who who should they there you mentioned Clare Haven. What what is Clare Haven? Well, they're an organization that give somebody some place to go yeah. and someone to talk to yeah. and a, a safe space. Yeah. Now, you were saying they're, the places that they're going to are full um, and that's... The refuges, where, yes. where they could actually leave the home yeah. with themselves and their children or whoever. Yeah. Uh, can, I, can, I, can I throw in into the pot there for consideration? Uh, the control that they exercise in institutions uh, in order to uh, hold on to power, create a power situation. That's probably even, I don't know, but I'd, I'd be guessing, it's probably uh, more prevalent than within the home, Maybe. I would Maybe. say. I mean, we, we'd have known from our, uh, the kind of professions that we're in that um, it can happen. It can happen. And you see there's bullying and all sorts bullying of things. Bullying of all sorts. Yeah. They have outreach clinics in, in six clear towns, including Innes, Innes Diamond, Kilrush, Shannon, Kildo and Scanoff. Mm. So Kennedy is yeah. involved in that, isn't he? Yeah, with the Haven Services. Yeah, well, it's certainly all over the county, and, and it's it's all over the country. Yeah. And if, if people are interested in, in this general subject, uh, there's a list there. We won't all, we won't have time to call them all out, but there are 17 different support agencies yeah. mm -hmm. that people can avail of, and so maybe people should would buy the paper and look at page two of the Clare Champion. Yeah. Uh, another story that um, it caused a lot of hot air in the room before we actually came on air today, when we sit around the table and we do our planning. Um, another story we came across upon today when we were doing our planning here for, for this programme and it uh, it increased the temperature in the room considerably. Well, it's a cold evening. Um, it, it certainly is, David. <laughs> anyway, it's um, the, the County Council, it's on page four, I see it in the Clare Echo, that in dealing with an illegal encampment in the county, Clare County Council have spent 200,000 euro on legal fees. Now, maybe in 2023, 200,000 won't buy you a lot of legal time. I'm not, thankfully, I don't know. But um, it seems a lot of money for, you know, ourselves, the taxpayer, uh, who, 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 who at the end of the day are responsible for this. And no progress. And no progress. Pat, you, you were taken aback with it. Well, I, actually, I was crossing the gym. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was being polite. Over two hundred, probably because of here and page four, probably big man. Over two hundred dollars spent on council legal fees for actually illegal encampment. Over two hundred dollars being spent by Clare County Council as part of a legal battle with the occupants of an illegal encampment in Innes. An illegal encampment has been in place in Ashline by the Kilgush Road roundabout in Innes since August 2018. Yeah, how many years ago is that? Well, that's five yes. years. An eviction of the tenants has previously ruled by the High Court and, and backed by the Council of Appeal on November 21st. In the eyes of Clare Columbly, it is an example of an unreal application of the law, an unequal application of the law. She detailed that today it has cost Clare County Council over 200,000 in legal fees. At Tuesday's meeting of Innes MD, she sought an, an update on the Council's legal efforts to address the long-standing illegal encampment on the Kinnikin Road. Acting Senior Executive Officer in Social Development, Dick Dietrich, Patrick McCormack advised Currently, the High Court and Court of Appeal orders as, as modified by the Supreme Court judgment prohibiting trespass and unauthorised development by any person other than one named household and, and carer. I wish to advise reports are being obtained in relation to additional unauthorised encampments at the site with a view of enforcing existing court orders. So now this whole thing is all tied up in legal Yes. And there's another story there on, the, on page 5, Jim, of the champion. If I decided to park, to park a caravan on a piece of land, I would not get away with it. <coughs> I would not get away with what they have got away with and this, uh, uh, from councillor. I'd, I'd say she would get away with it if she was stubborn enough. Um, now, I'll put it to you, Pat, and the rest of you. Uh, you did highlight this being going on since 2018, which is five years, and you divide five into 200, and you get 40,000 a year. And we know the costs of barristers. And if you retain a barrister on a yearly basis, you'll be, you, you'll be paying a lot of money. And it sounds about right. The, the issue is that um, they went to the courts in 2018. They got, a, they got, a, they got before the High Court. They, and the losing party appealed, and it went to the Supreme Court. Who's, who's paying the losing party? Who's paying their fees? I don't know who's paying it. It's not related in the story, can, Pat. I can, go, can, I can only go on what Porrick McMahon is telling chalk, me. You can chalk it on the, 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 the county council and, and you and me and everyone else. I, I don't think fees. anybody has been paid fees yeah. yet because it's still outstanding. Yeah, um, then, the, the critical thing in the time delay is COVID. The, the, there were no evictions allowed during COVID. And of course, what happened was other people moved onto the site during COVID. Went, and then you have to get, you have to go back to the courts because they're new people. You have to go back to courts and get more orders for their removal. So uh, according to the council executive, whose name is, I can't, uh, can't see it there now, but she says, um, or he said, I'm not a legal mind and not a barrister. So we've, We've to depend completely on the advice of our legal team at a massive expense. We went to the courts, uh, that's the bit I was reading and, and the delays and so on. There are a number of issues, health and safety, road safety, planning enforcement, anti-social behaviour, trespassing, all matters which are beyond the housing department. So that's why it's a complex thing. And it's a bit like 
um, the closing down of the market, it, they could easily kick them out, but that might create other problems somewhere else. Um, so, but 200,000, I think it's the normal cost to any organization with any legal difficulties. But the bottom line yeah. there the was that there was no progress. Yeah, the bottom line is those people have nothing that happened. Only the, the, your, your, we your, all know that the law is very, very slow. Putting loads of money into, 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 into barristers pockets. Yeah. But sure, so what that is the nature of the barristers. That's why, they've, yeah. that's why they exist. What are you actually... I don't know what Pat is asking. I, I think the I, money I, is I, being I'm spent appropriately. John, I'm clearing by 200,000 was spent and there was no, there's no progress. Not, there is progress. You, you you've got a high there court isn't. order and you have a Supreme Court order. But nothing has changed nothing now, has changed. on now, the ground. Now they have to get those orders implemented and they're saying it's a, it's a very complex situation. If you had this, and they went in bull gung ho. We'd have a story very similar to the market thing, probably. The, 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 Which the council probably did go in gung ho. The council had provided a, a, a hand uh, place, uh, shoulder place down in the Quinn Road, a big wall this, area. This from, is from Kil, the, we're talking about Kilrush now. Yeah, but this is in the Quinn Road. an official parking bay. Where are you talking about Kilrush? If these people form oh, an yeah, illegal sorry. encampment on your front lawn, yes. where are you going to get the 200 grand to move them? I will have to bring the case. I'm sure this is the problem. I might have to have get le free legal aid myself <laughs> to, to get them moved on. You know okay, listen, we're talking about moving on. Uh, we've come to half time. And if Pat, is, if Pat illegally encamps, I'll make sure I'll be spending the money <laughs> to get him off. I might choose Wandery Wagon for today's... But you, you have the problem where Clare County Council themselves are moving on to property in Bunratty and claiming yes, it as their own. Yes, that would mean more legal business, probably. Exactly. Pat, what are you going to... Uh, play for us today so we can uh, take a little bit of a breather here halfway through the Those show. boots were made for walking. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, uh, we'll have Gilbert O'Sullivan, he's 77 on the 1st of December, so we'll matrimony from Gilbert O'Sullivan. Grand. That'll solve everything. <laughs> matrimony, Gilbert O'Sullivan. Thanks, Pat. You and me are all that matters, disregard the rest. Trust your soon-to-be old man, he knows what is best Very shortly now there's gonna be an answer from you Then one from me That's matrimony And that was Gilbert O'Sullivan and matrimony uh, A blast from the past there and thank you Pat for that you're listening to local media this week on Scarif Bay Community Radio, sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. And in the second uh, part of the programme, we suppose we look more towards East Clare. And certainly, uh, there's nothing on the papers about it. Well, the, well, 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 say what it is first, and then I'll come back to you, because there is a, a, a slight segue into this, Jim, on page 11. Okay. Of the Clare Champion. Well, we're talking about uh, the water infrastructure uh, the sewage and water quality and the long the long awaited uh, news, news about whether certain villages yeah. and towns was, 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 imminent was it was imminent and, and, the, and the villages and, are broadford and cura claire and on page 11 deputy crow calls for end to false dawns pressure is growing 
on Housing Minister Dara Bryan to, to approve new wastewater treatment facilities for Cooler Clare and Broadford as part of a new national pilot scheme. And of course, Deputy Crow, Senator Dooley, Deputy Carey, and whoever else you're having have been trying to announce this particular news for weeks, if not months. But I think, Jim, there's some, bre some breaking news. There's, there's breaking news if I could find it. <laughs> while, you're, while you're reflecting yeah. on the breaking of the, of the news, okay. Timmy Dooley must be doing a nine-day novena. <laughs> because because he, he had put his head on the chopper, he you did, know. He, he said that um, he, he would not stand for election if the government did not make an announcement that, that fair, brought that that Clare Clare would. That's a fair statement. It's a fair statement, all right. Yeah. And, and I, think par, per, I think perhaps there is... I think those novenas might have worked. John. Well, no, we, we have the paper, but of course it's more up to date uh, when you have the, with the Clare Echo, because the Clare Echo online, for which there is a slight premium, but is well worth it, um, has a story this evening, Broadford and Coura Clare, and we're recording on Thursday evening, Broadford and Coura Clare confirmed as successful applicants in the 50 million euro wastewater scheme. Oh, oh. So on Thursday morning, the Minister for Housing and Local Government and Heritage, Darrow O'Brien, made the long-awaited announcement, and indeed it was a long-awaited announcement, David. <laughs> it was indeed, yeah. Um, so Cora Clare and Broadford, and Broadford is the important place in our Absolutely. sphere of influence. Well, as long as I have known Pat O'Brien here beside me to my left, he has been going on about the storage and the treatment and the water in Broadford. So I'd say there's definitely not only the village of Broadford is happy, but Pat O'Brien is happy. And we'll be happy that we won't have to hear about this again. But uh, it's, it's uh, it, well, it's great news, isn't it's it? Show it's ready. It's show ready. Isn't it? Pat, am I right in the... I won't be happy until O'Callaghan's okay, Mills. So it's announced. It's, 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 yeah, well, it's marvellous in Broadford getting there. Is it, is yeah. it shovel ready? Because they did say way back when we got into the, onto the campaign and in solidarity with them, uh, they said, it's a shovel ready. I love that expression. Yes. You know? You see, you see lads with shovels yeah. and they're yeah. ready to dig. <laughs> do they have, do they know where they're putting it? I think so, yeah. I think they have it all mapped out. They have it all mapped. They have, do they have planning permission? Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the, the yeah. details okay. of the government have got to set well, well, then it may not be shovel ready if they don't have planning permission yet. I'm sure they would do. They wouldn't have been accepted. Two, 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 um, two villages in Clare, you have Cora Clare and you have Broadford and you have two in Galway and um, one in Wexford and one in Sligo. They don't, they're, they're, they're five, How six. Do you think local uh, agitation was in the campaign? I'd say very important. Is, well, there, a, is there a lesson there for Oh God, well, the TDs in Clare, going back over the last few years, would be, they'd be hard put to explain to the people of Broadford and to the committee there, the Broadford Community Action Group, yeah. uh, why they failed. Yeah. And I mean, presumably likewise in Cora Clare. Yeah. Well, it is obvious that um, the local TDs of all political persuasions were behind behind Broadford, 
Now, once Broadford is sorted, I'll have to exclude O'Callaghan's Mills because I think it's a bit small. But is there any major settlement now without sewerage in East Clare? Oh, there are oh, most of them. Well, them out. Well, Scarif is okay. Scarif and Tungrainy were still okay. There's 52 villages in the county. There's 52 settlements in County Clare. Oh, good. With no sewerage. With no sewerage. Uh, but of, of those 52, what would be the largest without? I, I don't know. Like, know that the, we know that Tulla has, we know that we know, has Six Mile Bridge? Um, yeah, I, I, I know that Kikishan have as well. I know that Lundler don't have it, Bridgetown don't have it, uh, uh, we don't have it, but I don't have it. I know the whole chance more. They're pretty but. small. Now, I suppose it depends on, on where future settlement, future concentrations of settlement is, like, is O'Cannon's Mills anticipated to double, triple, quadruple in Which size? Which is like the chicken and the egg. Yeah, yeah. With, without without uh, wastewater treatment, mm. a place won't. Yeah. Won't. Yeah. What, what's really bothering Pat, of course, is that uh, Broadford, you know, are going well in hurling. And they'll be going right well now as the base expands. Uh, and uh, they will, they will, O'Callaghan's will find it. And there's we must congratulate them because they won number 21 there last week. Oh, that's right. B after second year, two years in a row. And they won the Joan and Irish year as well. So. Have you got a shop in O'Callaghan's No, there's, there's no shop now, no, no shop. No shop. There's a church and... The church and the school and the kids and the children and the handball area. Have you pubs? They have a pub, yeah. yeah. Mm. But I mean, you're getting their priorities a bit mixed up over there, aren't you? There is no old chance. If not a soul, you can't get people in to do it. Yeah. Would you let your shop go because you weren't supporting it? Yeah, I would. I would. I said it was about that half a year. Serious, it sounds like a simple thing, uh, no shop. Yeah. Was, but, but there were three shops and four shops and all that. So it was a thriving community. Yeah, but all the, people, all the people were running the shops and all, you know, they were all uh, in the local and there was no one to take over the... The, 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 the money-making. Yeah, there was money-making, really, yeah, I suppose there was no one to take on the... Yeah. Okay, listen, we'll, we'll go on from there, but we're really delighted here in this radio station. And, 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 and we presume Senator yeah. Dooley will now be on the ticket for the next general election. Yes, he's off the hook now. He's off the hook. Yeah, he is. Well, unless he makes another sort of a bold statement and hope for... Well, maybe, maybe um, Pat, you could approach him uh, on O'Callaghan's <laughs> Mills and see if he'll do the same for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose you have to hand it to Senator Timmy Dooley. Well, yes, he did. The big problem even in the, uh, in the, with the department was that the, this cost analysis, benefit cost analysis, was 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 the big the big uh, the big thing was the Stumbling block. Which okay. is ridiculous because if you want to if you want to have clean water, uh, you, you 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 need you, you want to need uh, you know wastewater treatment plants in in villages. Okay, yeah. John, yes, John S. and Pat and myself, you know we were we lived through the seventies. We did. <laughs> And, I, uh, I lived, poor, poor I lived for two months in the 1970s. I was born in 1979 in November. Good okay. <laughs> but anyway, around the time you were born, um, Greece was in the charts. Right. Or the, the, the video charts, the yeah. film Greece with yeah. uh, John Travolta and, and the late uh, Olivia Newton-John who yeah. passed away sadly recently. But anyway, all that is being brought back in Tulla this Christmas, 
with the musical Greece, which St. Joseph's School are putting on. And uh, it's... Um, it's coming from Wednesday, the December 13th, next Wednesday, to uh, Thursday, December the 14th, and Friday the 15th. So there are three nights of it. And the doors are open at 6.45 with curtain raised at 7.30 and tickets are 15 euros available from O'Hearn shop and Danlin's Super Valley and Toilet and concessions are price, uh, concession price available for Wednesday. So are you saying, are you saying, gentlemen, you're going to be reliving the 1970s? You'll all be going to it, I suppose. Well, I played the part of the principal <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in, the, in, in the school, school did uh, yes. Greece. Yes. And, uh, and you were the principal. I was the principal at, yes. at the time, and so I, the, the lads asked me would I play the small role, okay? So I said I would. Yes. So not only did we live through the 70s, but we participated in the artistic endeavours yes. of the <laughs> 1970s. That's after great musical um, yeah. music that time lasted for the way a good 10 years or 10 years. Yes, popular, right? Much after the 80s. Oh, well, I think there was a Greece 2 as well. Yeah, there was. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's a photograph on page 2 of the Clare Echo. Uh, the headline is No Beauty School Dropouts in Tulla. And uh, it has a group of five lads there who are obviously part of the cast. But one of them, uh, the, the guy sitting in the middle, is uh, Matthew Jordan Allen. And Matthew Jordan Allen has co presented um, a number of times with Saturday Chronicle, particularly with. Um, with Dara. Mm. So we wish Matthew and all the rest of the cast all the, the best. best. Yeah. And what is it? Regulate that? Yes, we hope they don't. Okay, anyway, that's Greece in Tulla uh, coming up shortly. I suppose a number, looking at again the East Clare page on page 13 of the Clare Champion, uh, there's a number of stories there. One is uh, a new book. The album, which is being or has been produced in Killaloo, and it's uh, for sale, and it's uh, a number of um, photographs, a large number of photographs, you know, relevant to the area, brought out by the Killaloo Balna History Society, and um, it definitely is worth mentioning. I think the last year's one was a was a great, um, you know, great production in in Killaloo, particularly anyone interested. In the past, yeah, and uh, I, I think uh, you get to see. Of course, you get to see familiar faces if you're a local. But then, if you're just curious about what Killaloo looked like over the last hundred, hundred and fifty years, you'll see all those very old photographs as well. And it is. It some bits have changed, and some mm. bits haven't. Some bits know? haven't. So yeah. There's a picture there of. I don't know, you probably, since you're all so older than me, you probably must know this. Carmel Ryan is standing for Fanula Flanagan with Tommy Mills and John Malloy shooting Give Us Your Poor in 1974, Jim. Do you remember that? I don't. <laughs> I don't, actually. I was working in Dublin at the time, so um, I yeah. don't... Uh... It looks like a period drama, anyway, obviously filmed down there in Killaloo, and they have a photograph there in the page 13. It does. The, the society have a number of like information boards or plaques up yes. right around the, the town of Killaloo. I presume they're in Ballina as well. Um, but it's, it's, you know, just at the bottom there of Convent Hill, um, I know there's one or two, and it shows the buildings, some of the buildings, and as you said, they haven't changed at all, mm. or very little. Mm. Um, I think there's one building there that was used as a hotel mm. at one stage, and um, it's certainly, it's, it's now there's a number of shops, but the, it's, it's, 
stone, their stone buildings, and I mean, if those stones could talk, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. they, would, they would give a fantastic story um, of the, the different uses and the different things that went on in Killaloo, like they did everywhere else. Oh, oh. But fair play to the yeah. society for, for putting up those. Yes, you're, exactly. you're raising a very interesting question and situation, Jim, now. It should be possible for most smallish towns to have uh, the, the names of the people who have lived in that. I don't mean extensive names, but... Uh, Well-known names, well, like Edna O'Brien or something like that in, in our context. Yeah. That yeah, fair play no, to the Kid Lewis. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Before we leave Killaloo and Bellana, um, Santa Claus is seemingly making a pit stop at, in Super Value. Oh, well, maybe this now has now passed. Maybe he has been, so I won't, I won't say that. He was, he was there yesterday, if, yes. if next Saturday does mean this coming Saturday. So um, he's gone. Uh, but can I say that something that will be happening today, Sunday, December 10th, the Mount Shannon Christmas Market, Jim. Yes. Um, following on from the success of last year's inaugural Christmas Market in Mount Shannon, its organisers are delighted to present an even bigger, better version this year, uh, as I said, this Sunday. And it, it takes place over two venues, uh, the Market House, which would be interesting to see because it's usually locked up. Yes. And, um, and the Community Hall. So there are 44 stalls. I'd say if people listening to this programme they might just be able to get up before 4 p.m. It just finishes at 4 p.m. and entry is free. Okay. And, and can we, can we um, following on the, the, the good news there, uh, on page 24 of the Echo, the Gardaí, an article, um, Gardaí preparing to spread the Christmas cheer in Shannon. Now that's, that's a lovely move by, uh, by our Gardaí. It's on, have we got it? The Echo? Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as as the the writer, I don't know who the writer was, but um, just read a little paragraph here. With the festive season approaching, Gardaí and Shannon are preparing for their annual special initiative to spread the joy to senior citizens in the town. Once again, Angardishigana is organising a Christmas dinner delivery and party for senior citizens across Shannon Town. And nice, it is nice that's a lovely idea, idea isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, the, but I think that the last couple of years, this is the second or third year of the order. So yeah, but it's on page twenty-four anyway. If you want to read the rest yeah, of the yeah. article, okay. but they're I, to be commended. Jim, I'll tell you. I think Santa Claus has come early for some people. Um, yes, because yeah. I've noticed the bottom page, the bottom right-hand page of page stuck 13. In the corner. It's stuck in the and you'd miss it. You would miss it. But wait till you hear it. Not only is Pat getting his, his water treatment facilities that he's been looking for, more, but it's, he was very quiet that he didn't mention this. O'Callaghan's Mills, GAA Club and Community Council will receive, wait for it, €50,000 for the upgrade of the car park in the village. Now, it's not just O'Callaghan's Mills. Uh, Killinina have got the same amount for upgrading their stand, and Smith O'Brien's GEA and Camogie Club and Killaloo's Boys National School has secured 50,000 for their car park, and Fecal. Now, whatever the Fecal GA did, they didn't get the 50,000, but they got 23,239. Why they're so precise, I don't know, but maybe they know exactly how much these things will cost, and that's to upgrade their GA grants. Pat, Where's all this money coming from? 
Well, it comes from a car development fund, the development initiative. And is there only GA clubs that get it? Well, I think anyone will get it if you look for it and what it's used for. So just specifically for that type of work. Focusing on facilitating communities too. Yeah, facilities, yeah, well, yeah. And, 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 and well, the more, the more people that's using it, the better chance you have of getting it, so. Yeah. No, I know schools come in under it as well, because Do they? I know yeah. Whitegate School got a, a grant, I can't remember what it was, towards a car park for the school and to improve safety. Yeah. And I know we, my, at the very end of my time in Mount Shannon, we were putting up an all-weather surface and yard, yeah. and we got a car grant for that. Will the college beyond the uh, get anything oh, I'd say for the running be, track? Yeah, but it wouldn't do it, you know what I mean? It they, would get, be, they get a contribution, I I'd imagine. It. I hope they would be aware of it, John, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, certainly. You want, you want to watch out for those things, because I, I, spotted, I, I, knew, well, I, I knew about it in the and I kept, um, well, I'm not, Long, long trumpet, but I kept on about it to try and make sure I would watch it. Good trumpet. When I came out, and we, and I, I was paid credit to Marlon Thierry, who, 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 who was great with that. Yeah. Uh, she's all the stuff in front of her, and she, she, she there's, a, there's a lot of putting and together she, in the application. She's done all the stuff on, on, online and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a great success, and it's great news again, great just before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to Fetal, while we're talking about Fetal, on winning the under 21A title last Sunday yeah. over in Tulla. Yeah, I was obviously having myself and Leo and, 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 and Mason. We were broadcasting yeah. it, yes. Marvellous match, and if I told it. Last uh, Mills and Kilkishan, they were beaten in the under sixteen B. Much better than yeah, yeah, big, big, yeah, stronger than that. Staying with page thirteen, uh, photograph there of Kathleen McNamara uh, receiving Kathleen, of course, our correspondent in Flagmount, Kilkenina, uh, on this station. Kathleen received a long service award. In, in, and she's not old at all, uh, in recognition of her voluntary commitment in promoting and facilitating Irish water safety classes at Flagmount Pier over a 20 year period. And, and uh, well versed. Oh, well she, is, she is probably an outstanding uh, contact yeah. for advice on how to make an application. To have Kathy McMurray in your community ensures that your yeah. success. One other thing that's there on page 13, um, tucked away again, Monster Community Radio Draw, and that is the Scariff Bay Community Radio uh, have a draw going. Uh, tickets 5 euro, they're for sale from all volunteers and in, I think, uh, Joy Cavanaugh's and uh, the off-license, Rogers off-license in Scariff. I would have and the middle snow every week. You have good man pals. <laughs> and Pat Jimson. And, and uh, the Dune Bay community, a lovely little touch of creativity and artistic merit, they provided Santa Claus, Santa Claus with um, a special post box. And the photograph of it is there on the uh, champion. Lovely. Listen, we have to leave it at that. We're over time. Many thanks to everybody uh, for all the hot air that we let go today. Uh, John S., thank you very much. You're welcome, Jim. Pat O'Brien, Pat, thank thanks, you. Thanks, Jim. David, thank, thank you very you, much. James. Many thanks to you at home. Pat, have you a song to play us out? Yes, I'm taking a
George Harrison, the 29th of November was his, his, his death, so Hey Jude from George Harrison. Hey Jude from George Harrison, many thanks. So until uh, next Sunday afternoon, that's all from us. Goodbye and God bless. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart. Then you can start to make it better. Hey Jude, don't be afraid. 